0: Alright, we're live. Another week. This week we're doing it different. We're on We're live streaming this one, so we're on YouTube, we're on Twitch every Tuesday at approximately 12 Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time. We will be doing this. We'll be on here live streaming, so if you want to hang out with us in real time, feel free.
1: Definitely. Looking forward to it. What are we talking about today, man?
0: Man, I I definitely, like, I've been itching on football for weeks now. It's finally time. You want to go NFL first or college first? Uh, well, let's start with college. College, dude, so much going on with college. Obviously, the conference stuff has been going on in the background. I wanted to start with one headline that I read, which I just thought was kind of wild. Um, this week's ESPN game is like New Mexico State versus, I have it right here, New Mexico State versus, you know, another kind of like, no, but UMass basically. So like, yeah, like nobody teams and USC. Preseason rank number six is coming into the mix um, on the Pac-12 network. So to watch one of the top ten teams in the country, we literally like I don't even know if Pac-12 has their streaming even available right now because of all this all this chaos. But like, kind of nuts to start off a season without like even any sort of accessibility for a program like as large with as large of a fan base as USC.
1: Yeah, we'll see how this all shakes out. I don't know if that's the reason they they're not they're not is it is that specifically the reason um, is is that they're not being televised or they're not the game of the week
0: or is that's this, that's why because ESPN doesn't have any rights to Pac twelve games. Wow, that's interesting.
1: Well, I mean, this is a great thing for UMass. You know, USC <laughs> uh, obviously is going to be a part of the Big Ten in a year or so. Uh, I sure I'm sure they'll figure something out locally and regionally as far as TV rights uh, are concerned, and I think most of their viewership is concentrated on the West Coast uh, as well. It's 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 part of the process of being in flux. Uh, very unfortunate um, to see the Pac-12 be the conference that dismantles. You would hope it would be the Big Twelve. Uh, <laughs>
0: You're a, it's always so funny, bro. When you when you come out with the Big Twelve slams too out of nowhere, because you never you never <laughs> expect it.
1: Oh man, that conference is is hilarious,
0: dude. Um, along the lines of um college football and in in the Big Ten, um Michigan has decided to self-impose a three-game suspension for Harbaugh, um for this season. So they're trying to get ahead of basically what the NCAA would do, but they would probably apply it to next season. And next season, to my understanding, they're playing Texas in like game three or something. So, you know, I think it makes sense why they're trying to get the punishment done this year when they have, you know, not, not too big profile of, you know, non-conference games at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, it's always interesting how these things go quietly with Michigan uh considering especially um the energy that their fan base um always has had toward these situations when they come up um with Jim Trestle allowing some of his players to get get tattoos unaware <laughs> and he wasn't aware of it. Um and then also the most recent Urban Meyer situations—they're always the largest critics. Jim Harbaugh specifically has always been the loudest voice in the in the room about being critical and Michigan being a program of high standards. And that's that's the reason that they struggled for so many years to compete with Ohio State is because of their high academic standards and the standards of what what a Michigan man is. It just is always interesting to me that when they get caught up in scandal. Um, it's never as loud, never as 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 powerful as when it happens to other programs, uh, including Ohio State. And, you know, I always have said I think Jim even before he came to Michigan, I thought Jim Harbaugh was a fuckboy anyways, and I think he is a fake human being who who presents himself to be this this classy person, but over and over you see examples that once you once you take that away that he's he's a dirtball,
0: dude. I always wonder, like with the Ohio State thing, I forget what there's some controversy right from like forty years ago that's now becoming like a full on movie that George Clooney's doing, and it's like for Michigan, like to your point, you get one tweet about this stuff and then they move on, like the media definitely does love. Um, you know, that team up North, but uh, maybe, uh, maybe the hype around them could be, you know, could be good. Could soften up, soften them up a little bit for our, uh, our beat down this year. Hopefully we get that annual one back on track. Um, I did see that the preseason rankings came out last week. Did you get a chance to look at those? Uh, I
1: have looked at the preseason rankings but they're kind of irrelevant because AP polls and coaches polls don't mean anything. And in, in college football, we don't know who anyone really is, but it's, it is interesting. The top three are, I believe, uh, for the season are Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state as expected, or was it Michigan, Michigan, at number three?
0: Georgia, Michigan, Ohio state, then Alabama.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> again, after the thrashing Michigan took from TCU last year. Again, I think, you know, Michigan needs to earn it. You know, obviously from our our perspective, um, we can't say too much because they've beaten us the last two years, but I think that's more of a reflection on us than it is on Michigan being really good. I mean, you saw what happened in the Ohio State-Georgia game. Um, and then the Michigan TCU game, and then the follow-up game, what happened with Georgia TCU, um, I don't think that Michigan um, has earned the right to be amongst the nation's elite programs, despite the... Them finishing how they finished and beating uh, Ohio State teams the last two seasons. I don't think they're very good. Um, their record in big bowl games has been terrible under Harbaugh. Uh, I just, that's why I don't put punch into this. And I also look at the AP and say that's the Associated Press, which brings me back to the previous story, which is for whatever reason, Michigan um, is beloved by the press. And that's also part of the reason why when. Scandals like this one come up, it's kind of swept under the rug. That's just based on history. I have no evidence. I haven't done any investigative reporting to figure this out, but it's just what I've always seen.
0: I think what I found really interesting about it was that um, despite the, like you're calling out, the performance in the playoffs that historically has been there for Michigan, um, you know, they are returning quite a number of people, which, you know, is probably why a lot of people had them ranked high. But it's surprising that Alabama is not ranked higher because, you know, by, by all eyes last season, Alabama had an off year and it was an off year, you know, for a number of reasons, but it wasn't an off year because of, you know, talent. It was, you know, a lot of cases due to significant injuries that they've had really the last couple of years across their starters. So, you know, I, I think it's like, it's almost foolish to count out Alabama. And I I know they're not counted out at number four, but I mean, realistically they should be at number two here. Like there's, there's nobody else that, you know, in my views is, is as consistently good for as long. So that was a surprise to me. And I think that Nick Saban's probably taking that personally. I think this might be one of the first years in a while, the Alabama team is legitimately an underdog to win the title. And, uh, You know, that makes me think that they're probably one of the most likely teams to win it.
1: Yeah, and you never count Alabama out and being ranked number four is definitely going to be motivation for Nick Saban. Uh, I also think that, um, you know, Georgia's reign should have ended if if not for poor, poor uh, officiating and some poor decision making on Ohio State's part. Um, we would, we probably would not be seeing Georgia come back this year, uh, ranked number one. Uh, they are, they are transitioning out of a quarterback into a new quarterback as well. I definitely understand you give the two time defending national champions, uh, their due. Um, but I guarantee, and this is my first guarantee of the year, that Georgia does not win the national championship this year, and we likely will see an Alabama-Ohio State national championship game and also be on the lookout for a program like Florida State um, to make a move this season as well.
0: I think that's a really good pick. Um, You you mentioned Florida State. I also wanted to call out Penn State, who's coming up ranked 7 in the preseason poll. I thought that was pretty high for Penn State. I know they had a pretty good season last year, but it didn't really seem like it didn't really seem like the Penn State of old um, still, even though even though they you know are kind of building here as a program. Uh, do you have an optimistic view of Penn State or do you see them as ranked a little too high to start?
1: I mean, what we've seen over the last probably decade is five or six programs um become the elite in college football and everybody else just kind of is filler right like you don't know what's going to happen with the t- the rest of the top 25 and that's why I wasn't necessarily a proponent of expanding the playoffs to um as big of a number as they did um but I think Penn State you know in this ranking you know when you look at the next tier of programs it's hard to gauge who's going to be good and who's not going to be good. Um but you look at Penn State, you look at Franklin, they definitely are an above average program and perform better um and they are are consistently in the top 25 um every year. Uh and I think again, you know, I do think that that's valuable regardless of how I feel about where Michigan is. Again, this is they're they're showing some respect to the Big 10 conference. Uh, This season, I don't know if that's driven by the increasing footprint and size of the Big Ten and and, or um, and and the media is just trying to get ahead of it. Um, Or if we actually have uh, three quality top seven football teams, we will see uh, as the season plays out.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting to see Penn State make that leap. I don't think we've seen it, so I don't I'm not holding my breath for that to happen this season. But uh, yeah, I agree with you overall. I think Florida State is a good call out as a team to keep an eye on because they do have the potential this season to return to a little bit of former glory. And I also wanted to call out Clemson, who's coming in ranked number nine preseason. Clemson, you know, a fairly dominant force and kind of our rival for a number of years there um, during the Justin Fields era. Um, what do you like? Is it is it done at Clemson? Like what's going on?
1: I don't know what's happening at Clemson. I mean, Devil is not adjusting to the times. Um, maybe they will um, in terms of the transfer portal and NIL. Um, we will see if they can continue. It's, it's going to be an interesting case study to see a program that's not following the lead um, see how they succeed. And this is also a challenge um, that Ohio State is facing because they are not all in on this NIL thing. Uh, either like the sec schools have tended to be, um, we'll see how this all plays out, but Clemson does have some talent on their team. Um, and they definitely are somebody you should watch out for. They have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, that's definitely interesting. One other program to watch out for in the big 10 is Wisconsin. Uh, I think Wisconsin, um, considering Luke Fickle's track record and the type of talent they have that suits well to the type of system they're going to be defensively imposing and could make a run, uh, in the big 10 and also potentially in the national, uh, that's a real dark horse though. Don't, don't quote me on that and say, Oh, you said Wisconsin's going to be a top 10 team. <laughs> no, it's just a team, uh, team to look out for, um, one other, one other, uh, program, um, that's really striking a lot of curiosity is to see what happens with Colorado um colorado in 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 the big twelve
0: or yeah I think big Colorado 12, is just... huge and just a comment on Wisconsin, like it may not be this year, but yeah. just seeing what fickle did at Cincinnati, it'll be in the next five years that Wisconsin is a very threatening team in the big ten once again able to find their way into the big 10 championship, you know, on a semi consistent basis, like that, that was just a, that was just a few years in the past that Wisconsin was that dominant of a team. And, you know, it's, it's not going to take a lot for them to get back there.
1: Yeah. If you look at what Luke did at Cincinnati, making them a a playoff contender as a mid tier school, you know, he's going to get results Um, at Wisconsin. I'm looking forward to it. And then also, you know, one of the other storylines this year is the fall of the Northwestern program, which is very disheartening. Pat Fitzgerald was somebody that everybody respected and had a tremendous amount of respect for. Um, But there seems to be a lot of things happening in the locker room. I don't know if the accountability should fall on him, but typically the coach becomes a scapegoat. But it would be very surprising considering his character, um, for this to be a culture that he was aware of and just dismissed and, and allowed to continue. But that's also very disheartening because consistently he had that team performing above their talent and was one of the and also showed exhibited a tremendous amount of loyalty to that program, despite overtures for some several bigger name programs over the years. So that's a that's a very disappointing storyline.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, coming back to Colorado, who you mentioned, I think Colorado is going to be an interesting narrative this year because they are making the conference change happen. But, um, for Colorado, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure to win by big numbers against some of the teams that they're playing, at least in my view. Um, I haven't watched a lot of the Jackson state stuff. I watched some of the highlights. I watched a lot of the Travis hunters st- Travis Hunter, I think his name is, I, I watched a lot of his highlights as he was coming into um, college football and after his first year. But um, you know, what, what have you seen from Dion's like coaching style? Like, do you think Colorado has the potential to be a team that runs it up on some of these smaller teams they play and, you know, builds a, a strong resume for themselves this season?
1: They definitely will um, have some big wins, but uh, just it's also a big transition, you know, uh, transition year. He got rid of a lot of his players, brought in a lot of players from the transfer portal. So there may be some chemistry, um, chemistry adjustments at the beginning or start of the season. But I do expect Colorado to be significantly better than their one in. Uh, one in 11 or one in 12 season last year, but to expect Dion to take it from one in eleven to say 11 and one in Colorado to be a national picture, that would be an amazing storyline, but I don't think that that's a fair bar to set expectations for him, um, which is probably what's going to happen is if Colorado doesn't play really well and succeed, people are going to really ride Dion just because of how controversial. He is, and, and how many people dislike him, um, in the media and amongst other coaches for kind of his no frills, no no prisoners approach to, to um, taking over the program. But I expect them to be a seven to eight win team, and and it be in bowl contention. But I don't think see them being in the national landscape of of uh, uh, of the playoff picture.
0: That's interesting. I mean, even even at that point, it would be a, a huge success compared to last year. Um, where, like, who do you see them dropping to? I
1: mean, they're gonna drop, yeah,
0: they're they're,
1: gonna drop multiple games. They have the Pac 12 schedule, they're gonna have to play USC, they're gonna have to play UCLA. You know, there, there's, there, there's some names on their schedule,
0: Washington, Uh, Oregon.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not, they're not going to make a run. Unless, you know, some miracle happens. And if they do make the, the, the run, then Dion should get AP coach of the year and, and, and everyone should shut up in terms of how they criticize him. Um, but I do think it's going to take time. And I do think the expectation should be a seven to eight win season. And that's a huge accomplishment considering where Colorado was last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention while we're in the college football Um, world is notre dame we saw a notre dame team on the rise last year uh started the season not great ended it a lot better than they started it but now just lost that quarterback they were betting on um, last season the one who got injured and then came back toward the end uh he has transferred to alabama now so notre dame kind of has almost like a fresh start here in terms of the quarterback position, we saw their backup last year was no good. So hopefully they've been able to either elevate his talent or bring in somebody else to fill a gap. But do you see Notre Dame continuing to build upon what they've done last year? Do you think losing a, a core player in the transfer portal, um, is going to keep them at, you know, at the same level or below?
1: I mean, you would hope so. I mean, Marcus Freeman has recruited well They're in year two of the program there. Um, you hope for his sake. Um, you saw what they did to Ty Willingham, the last black head coach at Notre Dame. You don't get the same leash as other coaches, <laughs> so I hope. I hope he. Uh, I hope they succeed. Um, I think we can expect what you expect from Notre Dame every year. They um, are an independent, but they usually play a pretty tough schedule. Um, I don't. The USC game, the Ohio State game, are, are going to be challenges for them this year. Um, but it's interesting the Ohio State game um, they played Ohio State very closely last year um, and he's not making any of the statements that he made last year acknowledge it was a mistake um, that's really going to tell a lot about how good or bad this Notre Dame is I think they're 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 ranked somewhere in the low teens in terms of yeah. the AP rankings number thirteen um, yeah uh, so we'll see you hope that they can, they can perform. There's a lot of talent that they have on that field. They've recruited well, uh, losing a quarterback is interesting. Um, but I think they, they probably, um, probably, um, should be okay at that position. Um, but again, well, you know, I don't see them being in the playoff picture, but I see them being, you know, a nine team, nine win, you know, they probably spoil a couple of team seasons, Uh, This year, I wouldn't be surprised if they pull up an upset amongst one of the the top tier teams this year. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. And we'll see how the pressure continues as this conference realignment happens. What type of pressure that creates in Notre Dame in the next few years to join a conference?
0: And um, one thing I wanted to ask you, too Penix Jr. stayed, right? He's still at Washington.
1: He's still at Washington, and their star receiver stayed as well. So they're an interesting,
0: yeah. Washington interesting is team. more of a sleeper. Like they, they to me are what Penn State has been a number of years yeah. is like sleeper team that you know could surprisingly knock out a couple contenders.
1: Yeah, that's the unfortunate development that's happening in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has been a terrible conference for a long time, right? Um, but in the last couple of years, with USC, Washington, Oregon, now if Colorado didn't leave, um, you suddenly in Washington, you suddenly had uh, a conference that was starting to be competitive. Utah as well, right? Um, a, a conference that was suddenly starting to become competitive. So it's a it's a little bit frustrating that this is happening for the Pac twelve. I'm sure for the conference. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I do think that the PAC 12 is a more competitive and better conference than the big 12. And I think that the, the, the competition there has shown it over the last few years. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate that this is developing over there.
0: Now, um, you know, looking at, um, the NFL side of things, um, yeah, also looks like a fantastic season. I haven't tapped too deep into Hard Knocks yet. Um, I need to. I need to finish signing up for HBO and get into that, but I've been watching a bunch of the clips and stuff that's circulating around social. Uh, I'm I'm pretty tapped in on the Jets, man. Obviously, Garrett Wilson, amazing. Aaron Rodgers, amazing. Like, Sauce Gardner, amazing. They got some great personalities over there, really interesting guys, and uh, every single clip that I've seen coming out of their training camp just seems like a, a great time, honestly. Like, you know, I, I am very excited to watch them play, which is probably the first time anybody has said that about the New York Jets and, uh, you know, re- rest of the NFL wise, like uh, a million kind of compelling storylines. I'm uh, like, we could start anywhere, but, you know, just, I guess, first off on the Jets, like, is this a team in your view V, that can now make this jump and be a contender?
1: They should. They're right on the brink despite having a terrible quarterback last year and Zach Wilson. Um, and then, uh, the band that, you know, putting together backups and stuff like that. Um, I do think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers takes you from an eight win team to a 10, 11, 12, win team alone. Just, he is one of the greatest of all time at the position. Um, he carried the Packers teams into playoffs despite, um, some marginal talent at times at the at the receiver position. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about that. He's, his team is stacked um, at the receiver position. They have an amazing defense that was one of the best in the the league. I mean, the expectations are definitely there, and they should be there. This is going to come down to X's and O's and a, a proving point. Robert Sala, who's a guy that I'm a big fan of, um, really showing his coaching chops. Uh, as well as as Nathaniel Hackett um, after the controversy and, and terrible run he had with the Broncos last year and the comments, the unfortunate comments that Sean Payton made about him, also showcasing that he has the chops to be a great offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers and and run this offense. They also uh, recently signed Dalvin Cook. So you look at this team and The only, the only question mark really is the offensive line, but if they get Dwayne Brown back, um, and they, they have a solid running game, uh, I think, I think those questions could be answered if a few guys step up and Aaron Rodgers does make your offensive line, uh, better because he makes decisions quickly. Um, and it should mask some of the holes they have on that front and that front could develop. They do have some high draft picks in that, on that line, um, and some solid players we'll see how that pans out but if their offensive line is even above average this team is going um is going to be very competitive um and and be a super bowl contender
0: yeah well said uh one other major event in the nfl uh it's the first year in uh you know pretty much 20 years without tom brady that's it's weird man (laughs) it's almost like a different sport (laughs)
1: It's not. It is weird. And Baker Mayfield is getting chance three hundred and forty four um, with uh, starting out the season. I believe as the Buccaneers' starting quarterback as a result of Brady Brady leaving. So we'll we'll see how that storyline plays out. Uh, despite how much disdain I have for Baker Mayfield, there was an unfortunate story that came out um, in which it looks like he is about to sue his dad for sealing twelve million. Um, from his business, um,
0: that's
1: uh... so this, yeah, despite what you think about him in the football field is very unfortunate to see stories like that, uh, happen consistently in, in sports and entertainment, when it's the people that are closest to you, um, that potentially are doing the most damage. We saw this last week with the Michael O'Air situation. Now we're hearing another story now with Baker Mayfield actually formally, um, filing, filing suit in court. It's not he's not actually suing him yet, but he's basically asking the court um, to do an audit on financials and find out where this 12 million is gone with the intention of potentially going after his own dad, which is really sad.
0: That's super brutal, man. Tough, on, tough for him. And, you know, it's a bummer he has to go through that. As you look at the rest of the league, we have some quarterbacks that are stepping up to new levels and quarterbacks that are just starting off in the league. Um, I wanted to bring up Justin Fields who we saw have an amazing season last season. Um, He came into the season having made comments about improving his throwing game in the off season. The bears have been making comments about how much his arm has improved in the last year. And it was already a very good arm. Um, Justin Fields made a comment recently saying that his goal this season is to break the bears passing record for the regular season. Um, First of all, what do you think about um, Justin Fields and his potential to be able to do that this season? But also, you know, for me, he is probably the dark horse MVP candidate. Um, what what are your you know, views on the Bears this year and what kind of impact would Justin Fields need to be able to have to be considered um, a, a top tier quarterback in the NFL?
1: Uh, I think he's already headed there. Um, they, the, the Bears did him a huge favor by trading for DJ Moore, um, who's one of the more underrated uh, receivers in the NFL. He's a top ten talent, and now he has that. If the offensive line continues to develop, they they, sh- they lost David Montgomery, which is a big piece in the running attack. But the key thing here is can they keep Justin Fields healthy? Um, as he suffered some injury issues throughout the year as, as the year went on. Um, mm. but the Bears should be better this year than they were last year in year three with Justin Fields, everything out of camp sounds great. Um, you know, that's an exciting time. There's a lot of really good young quarterbacks. Cause you also have Trevor, Trevor Lawrence moving into year three as well. Um, those are kind of the two highlight players from that specific draft, um, just kind of seeing how, how this plays out, then you have Jordan Love and Green Bay finally getting his, his opportunity to shine as well. Um, there's a lot of intriguing storylines, but I do think um, we will see Justin Fields um, have that jump in year three, um, if they again, if they can keep him healthy. Um, we'll 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 see a much better Bears team, in my opinion, this year than we have in years past. Yeah,
0: and we have two two more young quarterbacks that have interesting storylines: C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. Um, Anthony Richardson, this clip has been going viral of him this week, just absolutely ripping a uh, uh, throw, kind of like in the air off one leg perfectly to to one of the coaches across like 70 yards on the field just looking so casual while doing it Um, what what's your view on the Colts and Anthony Richardson he was somebody who you know I personally thought was a little bit overhyped but I mean the arm is not overhyped there's no doubt about that and the athleticism is not overhyped but he had never really put it together during his time at Florida and you know I think my view was that I didn't really see it coming together. Do you think that he is going to be able to put it together and, and the Colts are going to be able to build a system around him that allows him to succeed? Or do you think that, you know, he's going to cap out here?
1: We shall see. I mean, obviously they hired the offensive coordinator from the Eagles who helped develop Dylan Hurts um, into a star in this league, you know, but oftentimes it's like, okay, show me once, but can you show me twice? Um, Anthony Richardson definitely flashed. We talked about him quite a bit when he was at Florida. He flashed the potential for all of this, right? But the question really comes down to it's very difficult to be an elite QB, regardless of talent. There's been many guys who've had tons of talent, like RG three, similar talents, um, that got to the league and struggled. But the Colts made a bet on this guy. They've been desperate for a QB. This isn't an organization. Um, that has had much success at the QB position since losing Andrew Luck. So they made a big bet here. They believe in the talent. The talent is there. It's really about can he play at the NFL level? Can he make decisions and process defenses and and handle the pressure um, and then also balance his athletic ability um, with his arm strength and arm talent, knowing when to pass, knowing when to run, because he's a guy that has – both talents, and if you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, that's what he's able to do is to know what the right decision is to make and in the right circumstance. And that's going to be a challenge, um, because Anthony Richardson also doesn't have a ton of experience, um, at a, at a high level. I think he played two seasons, so it is going to take some time, uh, but you know, the talent is there. I understood why he was drafted. The Colts are in disarray, though, if Jonathan Taylor. Um, doesn't show up to play, this team is going to struggle all year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. I mean, that Jonathan Taylor situation definitely needs to be resolved. It's kind of wild how how much it has kind of spilled over, but they definitely need to make something happen. Um, now jumping to CJ Stroud, uh, down with the Texans. Um, I haven't really seen too much about what's going on with him. Have you heard anything?
1: Um. No, I'm not sure what's what the exact specifics are, um, but you know we'll see <laughs> we'll
0: see c j is an interesting one see. because he like started to develop like that dog in him like basically right at the end of his college career, so I have no yeah, idea I mean, yeah, I
1: mean, hearing things about him, <laughs> I mean the preseason games have shown that he's not doing very well, yeah. Right. But you look at the Texans and the team sucks. So, I mean, the situation is what it is. They have a good offensive line, a good running game, but they're not a very good football team. And we'll see how this happens. This is a tough situation when you throw a great talent into a situation in which he's not surrounded by a ton of skill position talent. And then also he doesn't necessarily, at Ohio State, the thing that we were were concerned most about with him was his ability to run, and he's going to have to scramble, create plays on a team that that struggled uh, last year offensively. But hopefully, that running game can support him, and the defense develops. But you you're looking at a two to three year project before CJ Stroud becomes anything, and I think you're looking at a um a similar situation in Carolina with Bryce Young.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think Bryce has he's really easily adaptable into the NFL scenario. Just, just off the way he moves off the way he plays. So he's somebody I feel like you would, you would easily have a lot less concern with overall. Um, Well, that being said, did we have any other kind of global world topics that you wanted to bring up V before we wrap up here?
1: Uh, there's, there's, there's nothing, nothing, uh, too specific other than it looks like there's a rumor going on that Apple is going to come and purchase ESPN from Disney. That would be an interesting development, um, as Apple kind of moves, moves more and more into the service space. You know, they, they obviously have this huge deal with MLS, which is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um. And they, they are subsidizing Lionel Messi's contract as well. Um, but just seeing that you would never think that a platform like ESPN would be facing the challenges. You, you know, we hear every quarter about the new layoffs that are happening. But just overall, like how sports media is in flux um, and and maybe Apple could be the partner that could come in and fix the problems um, at a provider like ESPN by changing and, and, and figuring out the distribution model, um, to, to fit the digital age, whether it's through iPhones, iPads, and Apple, they have, they have the greatest platform there is right from a digital medium standpoint. And ESPN has struggled with cord cutting, um, and things like that transitioning, um, transitioning to this new space and new world. Um, maybe it is time, you know, um, but again, you look at these steps and maybe it's not, you know, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see, it's very interesting to see what's happening, happening in the world of TV and, and what the future looks like And this kind of conversation around Apple purchasing ESPN is a very interesting one, um, that only kind of heightens this whole cord cutting cable. What is the future of cable? You know?
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think the ESPN only in the situation they're in because they didn't make the best content. They made bad content for a really long period of time. And they won because initially they were the first ones to do it, to do 24 seven. But as other people started getting the ability to make competing content, ESPN never really improved in terms of the kind of content they were putting forward, other than the popularity of their like, uh, chat programming, like first take and different things like that. So yeah. I think like, ESPN was way ahead of this podcast wave. They were way ahead of everything that we have now in the media landscape. It's just what happens when you have a corporation that big is like, people are not hip to the new ways that, you know, revenue streams are being built for corporations like that. And we can see the infrastructure while it may have great relationships in sports and the ability to get your press passes, execute all of this stuff. Like, they have not been intelligent about making money and monetizing the content they're creating. And clearly like, that's why they're struggling so much.
1: Yeah. And then competition like Bleacher Report, Barstool, there's, there's just so much more ways in which people engage sports. And I think also specifically the younger generation, they are looking for short form content uh, more so uh, than anything else, so I think it's it 's a very interesting space because e s p n still controls a lot of the sports landscape, so with some tweaks, I think that they could they could be successful and I find this apple move to be an interesting one, and I would be one to say oh this could this could be very interesting to see Apple kind of take control of this take control of this property and 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 develop it um and develop programming around uh, all of the distribution network that Apple controls. You know, I mean, I think it, it'd be very interesting uh, to see it. in um, ESPN also, I think one of the things that a lot of these kind of um, old school franchises deal with is that the infrastructure was so hard to build, um, to be geared toward TV, that it's very hard for them to make the decision to just say, you know what, we invested billions of dollars into an infrastructure that supports live broadcasting on television, making the move quickly to compete with the Bleacher Report. That's always why the new entity or the entrepreneurs have an advantage because they're coming from a place of the current information and current technology and can adjust accordingly. And I think that's where ESPN has struggled. Um, But I am intrigued to see what could happen with some new energy and new, new leadership. definitely are still a a powerful brand
0: and they have the licensing rights to all this all this television right so it's not like you can't monetize that for hundreds of millions of dollars you just need a really really great operating model where it's leaner and i think you know we saw so many layoffs of their staff of their specifically on-air staff and i think that's just showing us that the value of somebody just being on air is not really like valuable in this market anymore if you're not able to draw eyeballs just by your very own presence
1: definitely definitely and definitely intriguing intriguing play in the in the world of sports um i guess the last topic would be um what the hell is happening in california man this is are just signs of the apocalypse first you know you had a cold winter Filled with rain. Now you get a hurricane, earthquake. Hurricanes are not something you hear about hitting California. Earthquake, yes. But the earthquake the fact that uh, that's happened, like we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of natural disasters uh, hit hit California, a state that's already challenged with infrastructure and, and financial challenges with, with the government. Um, how do you see the state handling this? Um, you know, hopefully all the rainfall, at least quelled some of the the wildfires that we often see as the normal challenge in summertime with a drought in California. But it just seems like the, the always sunny in Southern California mystique is, is being challenged this year in significant ways. I'm, I'm curious to see how people are adjusting.
0: Yeah. I think like, to be honest, like from my experience, like what was being reported was like a hundred X overblown to like what actually happened. Like I saw videos on the news of like literally like crazy flooding. Like people were freaking out online, sharing all this stuff. And it was like a light drizzle. Like there was like, I got a notification. There was an earthquake and I was like, I was at Whole Foods. I was like, there was an earthquake. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the narrative around this stuff maybe has exceeded the intensity of this stuff by a pretty significant degree. Cause like I've, I've been sitting here looking at the footage and look like a place like Palm Springs, if they're going to get a bunch of rain, obviously it's going to affect the environment cause it's a desert. Like that makes a ton of sense. But like, LA was like, so regular, there was nothing different about the city. And the level of rain we got was not any different than, you know, normal rain. It was not even a storm. There was no thunder. There was no lightning. There's a little precipitation. So I think like, it's weird when I'm sitting here and I'm looking outside, like literally yesterday and today I've been getting texts like, Hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Since I woke up yesterday morning, it's been blue skies.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely impacted different parts of California is obviously a very big state. So, um, thankfully it didn't hit Southern California too hard or LA too hard, as you said, because I don't think people out there are built for it. And
0: We thought thought the power, yeah, we were like, maybe the power will go out. And so we were thinking like, should we charge our cars, you know, in advance and like do some of this other stuff just to make sure you're good. And like, Bro, like, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure what all is on point. Because even, like, there was even, like, a flooding video that, like, Ted Cruz retweeted. Because he was like, oh, this, you know, I can't believe this happened in California or whatever. And it was, like, from some other place from, like, years ago. So, like, a lot of, like, what was cycling on social media were these parody accounts basically saying check out the damage from Hurricane Hillary and posting these very ironic, extremely, you know, crazy flood videos. But they were trying to be ironic because it wasn't like that here, but it got it got taken, you know, for a ride on the internet by people who thought it was serious.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, definitely uh, interesting. It seems like some people were affected more. One thing I never want to experience in my life is an earthquake that the whole idea of that is very scary to me, like a real earthquake happening underneath my feet. And I've known people who've experienced it and said that it's, it's one of the scariest things that they've experienced. Um, obviously been very lucky. California has been very lucky over the last 20, 25 years, not to have experienced one of those significant um, earthquakes, uh, especially being close to the fault line. Um, but it is very curious, you know, for those who kind of look at spirituality from a spiritual side of this and look at this thing and say, all of these natural disasters that keep occurring that are unexpected, like a hurricane in California, that's not supposed to happen, right? Um, is Mother Nature kind of responding to how we treat them, treat the environment? If you kind of believe in that kind of realm that, you know, that, that, the earth that we live in is, is controlled by a higher power, um, to see all of these things continually happen, um, throughout the world. It's like, okay, is this, is this just normal? Is it impacted by how we're creating the environment just specifically by the destruction of our environment? Or is it a reaction to how we're treating our environment? That is definitely a very, uh, interesting storyline, one that I'm not going to d- delve too much into, but just, just, just something to think about.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great question to ask. It's a great question to ask. And I think it's the right reaction when things are unexpected, especially in nature, just to ask that question of where is this coming from and what should I take away from this? And, um, you know, the biggest thing like that, that I like, I, I was thinking about, like through this period of time is just like, what do all the homeless people do? yeah I don't know. I don't know what they do
1: yeah it's uh it's 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 hard to think about those things you know and you when and honestly like you see when things like this these natural disasters you always see like when they hit places like Bangladesh or India, you see why the death rates are so much higher because so many more people are living in in those conditions. Um, and don't have the protections that we necessarily have um, in places like the United States. You know, even like something as damaging as what happened with Katrina, right, um, in New Orleans, when you look at the death tolls um, of that situation versus what happens in, in impoverished nations when these things hit, significantly different. But it is the important question to ask is like, and the questions we don't ask is like, first of all, <laughs> the larger question is why is anybody homeless in a world of as much wealth um, <clears throat> as exists um there's obviously mental health issues there's other reasons for that as well but it is, that's the question to ask you know um what happens to people uh when these things happen that don't have anything and and it's probably not a good thing you know what i mean so we we definitely have to to consider that and, and we'll see how and what resources are um, extended to those folks.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I think that brings us to, uh, to the end of our episode today. This is fun doing it live. And, you know, for those of you listening, check us out next Tuesday at 12 Eastern nine Pacific for, uh, next week's episode. And you can catch it live and then we'll have it up, you know, probably same day, probably the next day at the latest. But, uh, you know, on that note, um, Always remember to stay moving. Be you. You is fly. Pilot boys wow. out.